Okay, everyone, hello and welcome back to the second episode of the Summertime Bit Boys. Uh, I'm James. Hey, everyone, Blake. And this week we'll be talking about Alien Soldier, a game that we've both kind of gone in blind to. Blake was playing it for the first time. I played it a long time ago, but uh, haven't played it recently and went through it again when I asked Blake to go through it. So, Blake, first uh, impressions? It was good. It was a good game. I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I got a lot of, I guess, shit to say about it. Uh, one, I got to at least make this quick comment. You know, the story at the very beginning, they misspelled terrorist. It's a terrorist. I, I enjoy that quite a bit. Um, it's also one of the most convoluted stories I have ever had the privilege of experiencing. I mean, I could barely keep up with what the hell was going on with that story. I mean, like, he was the leader of the gang and then he was kicked out of the gang and then he was killed in space time continuum and then he was somehow able to birth himself into a parasite into a little boy who's in a facility for mutants who have superpowers and then the person took over the gang was threatening to kill a little girl that he did and then the parasite exploded and it turned into our main character was epsilon eagle like what <laughs> Yeah, like split him in. I was like, I had to read through it because it was such a fucking a trip for a side-scrolling shooter that it even says apparently the parasite split him into one good and one evil version of himself, but yeah. both both are after the main boss. So it's like, who the fuck penned that? Well, what were, what were they smoking? Well, did you know that uh, it was one guy who originally started the whole entire thing? Yeah, he worked through pretty much the entire thing himself until he realized he wasn't going to meet the deadline, at which point he needed to bring in extra people. Because uh, yeah. apparently it was common practice for, I think it said, two programmers and two designers to be working on those kinds of games. Yeah. But he wanted to challenge himself, but he just yeah. realized at the end that he wasn't going to make it. Yep, and he worked on the game on his off hours, even during the New Year's holiday, he did everything. Yeah, because wasn't it, like, something crazy, like it was a January release or something? Uh, I'm not sure if it was January release or it was the due date for it to be finished so they oh, could yeah. start marketing it. It's February, uh, I've got the date up here, so yeah. They, the third was the deadline, you're right. Yeah, so, you know, the main programmer, fucking Viva Choco Monkey DX, I mean, that, that's an amazing name. I mean, come on. Do you know what he's made before, though? Um, I know what the company had made before, but I didn't know what he himself had made previously. Well, not previously. Well, previously the stuff he had created, most people wouldn't know about. It's the later stuff. Like, he was the main programmer for uh, Mischief Makers, and he was the head programmer for Sin and Punishment. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. So both those games, he was the main programmer on it. So I was kind of surprised. Like, I never played Mischief Makers, but I know a lot of people said it was great. I know he did Gunstar. Yeah, I know Gunstar about Heroes, that one. Um, which I did play. So, I mean, I could definitely see how they're related. I haven't played Mischief Makers, but I know a lot of people said it's pretty fun. So, it looks like it's probably within the same vein. Sin and Punishment was never l released in America, but I did play it, you know, the ROM of it. So, ain't bad. Pretty fun. Um, uh, I mean, I never played the old version, but I know they, re -re they redid it for the Wii. Oh, yeah? And that was supposed to be so-so, but I, I don't know. By that point, I'd kind of, I 
there weren't many run and gun or shmup type games left kind of in that era yeah not outside of japan anyway so when you play this game did you play it you know through emulator or like virtual console or you know how when i originally played it it was through the virtual console on the wii because okay. i never i didn't have a sega uh i didn't have a sega master system i had the first one was that, oh wait that was the master mega drive mega drive was the second one Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys had it like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I had that, but I never had the second one. I went to Amiga after that, and I didn't get a console until the PS1. So I played it through the virtual store first. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I was reading about it, and because the thing is, I had never heard of it before. I, I had a Genesis and a SNES all that, but I guess in the States, it was only released, you know, through Sega Channel. Yeah, the was, online thing. It was like released in 1995. I mean, I didn't even know a single person who had Sega Channel. I'd only seen it in, you know, department stores or, you know, video game stores. It was something that seemed like well beyond the reach of any normal person to own. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, kind of the same thing as like, didn't the Nintendo one never leave Japan? Yeah. And then they had that weird like downloading booth as well where you took a blank cart in and you could buy games and put them on a cartridge. Yeah. Yeah, my, I didn't experience the internet on a console until the PS2 because I couldn't ever get my Dreamcast one to work. Yeah, you know the original creator wanted to have like a hundred bosses in the game, but yeah. he was restricted to thirty-one. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like I, the game was good. I really enjoyed playing back through it. Like the control scheme was a little complicated, but once you get it, yeah, it's kind of it really plays to the game's strengths, but. I felt after I, uh, we'll obviously talk about it later, but the that morphing boss, by the time that rolled around, I was I was done with the game. <laughs> I think it overstayed its welcome by a few levels. Um, well, for me, like overall, it was good. Like I I liked it. Um, however, I'd say it really teetered on being fucking annoying, but also kind of fun. It's that like frustration level where. Yeah, I can push through it because it's fun enough. But at times, yeah, I was like, yo, this game is getting just fucking annoying as shit. But one thing I was kind of thinking was like, if I had to play this on like a classic, you know, Genesis controller, holy shit, I would probably break that fucking controller. Especially yeah. if I was a kid, I would smash it against the goddamn ground in a hot second. So those things were pretty chunky. And they, uh, they, they the were responsive things either. And also the button layout for, like, ABC and how the button layout was for the game was fucking shit. Like, I was playing on, like, a PlayStation 4 controller. So I just remapped it so, you know, jump was in the correct position. Because I believe you played on a Genesis controller. First buttons A, then B, then C. I believe, like, what was it? Switching was uh, the B button. And then C was the jumping and A was the shooting. I was like, what the fuck? Why'd well, I have to jump, go over one button to jump? Yeah. I mean, you have to think about that. If you were, like, playing this back in the day, like, that's horrible. You had to do something like that. And you, and you no, couldn't change it. Yeah, like, you, you had no mapping control back in the day. Exactly. And then worst of all, 
in my opinion, is that even though the Genesis could allow for, you know, their six button controller, well, you know, obviously it's more like seven buttons because it's start, but whatever, had the six button layout, there was nothing that you could do extra for it. You know, wouldn't it be a lot easier and a lot smarter to have one of those buttons be mapped for the uh, block buttons of always having to double tap the shoot button, which is fucking retarded because a lot of times you will shoot one of your weapons, which wastes your ammo. Yeah, I guess... It's just like a throwback to, obviously, like you said, they could have had the option in there. But it's like a throwback to the whole, uh, what do they call it, 3D, the new 3DS or the 3DS LL, I think they called it here. Yeah. When they only made one game that took advantage of that processor because they knew they were killing their market by not making it accessible. So yeah. I guess back in the day, it was probably just due to laziness and not wanting to do that because how many people had the six-button controller? But if they had that option and it screwed them over for the three-button one, they'd be alienating a lot of market, I guess. I mean, I could agree with that to a degree, but I mean, a lot of games did actually have access to the six-button controller, but they didn't always market it, I feel. I know some on the back of their cart, uh, not cartridge, the uh, game case would say like, oh, accepts the six-button controller. But I recall that some of my old games, when I plug in a six-button controller, even though the case didn't say it would accept it, it would accept it. And each of the top three buttons would do something a little bit different. So I always thought it was kind of interesting that some of the games seem to allow you to use it. I mean, they could use it, no, like there'd be no issue. But I mean, those three extra buttons could be mapped to something, even though they might not advertise it. And I yeah. mean, I don't know. I feel like there's kind of no excuse for you know them to do that because, I mean, let's be honest here. The HUD choices in that game were fucking crazy. It was like 20 different choices for the HUD, yet you can't remap the buttons. I mean, there's kind of a huge discrepancy here in terms of, like, quality. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, Well, I guess when you put it that way, it is, yeah, like, if you're going to give that many customizable options for numbers, bars, whether or not they're, like, kind of pulsing or still, you could have at least said, oh, all right, if you've got a six button, here you go. Exactly. Or, you know, let's at least remap those buttons. I don't think it's going to take that damn long to do that. It just seems like a wasted opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, I completely get you with that. um, Because I thought there was almost an obscene amount of HUD customization. Like, I, I kept it as the bars. I didn't bother playing around with it because half the time I wasn't even looking at it because you don't have time to look away. Yeah, I only looked at it when I needed to check out my ammo and that's pretty much it. Other than that, yeah. I was just kind of shocked. Like, god damn, you guys are so earnest in what you're doing. But what's the point? Yeah. I mean, I think the only time it ever came in handy for me was during that little, like, power-up move you get when you exceed 100% life. Yeah. And you can do, like, a little clean, uh, clean, uh, screen clearing move. Yeah, well, yeah, it works. I mean, especially if you time with the boss, you can get... I don't know if it was a glitch, but sometimes you get stuck doing that move in front of the boss so i could one shot bosses if i could get the uh thing to just get stuck in the boss because <laughs> they would just keep going till the boss dies oh okay yeah i never but managed to get that i did it a few times i did it with the shark boss uh the lobster boss was fucking you know that never worked i'll say this though uh whatever i don't get off topic anyways yeah i got it to work here and there but when it did work it was pretty fun to kind of just glitch it like that <laughs> I think my only complaint 
with the game was that uh, obviously like there were six guns and some of them were more useful than others in certain situations and there were two firing modes. Yeah. Um, I feel that the game is kind of like that annoying kid on the playground who wants to show you absolutely everything they have. Yeah. And you have to see it all. You cannot get away with just going, oh, okay, these three or four things are really cool. I like these. Let's go with this. It's like, no, you're going to fucking use all of them. And some of it's real situational that if you don't choose these, you are going to have a real bad time. It's kind of funny. I actually... I think I didn't use all the weapons because I kind of found certain ones that worked almost every situation. I was like, yep, this is going to be what I'm going to work with and I'm going to beat the game with this. And it worked pretty well. <laughs> I mean, I was able to do that for the most part. Uh, I mean, I heavily relied on the straightforward blaster, the homing shot, and then the powerful-ass charging bl- laser. And then the fourth one was kind of just a bit of a throwaway for me. Uh, I used the homing one was the fire one. Yeah, the homing fire... I used, I don't know, I guess charging laser, the one that just shoots one laser and it hits the enemy for whatever amount of time, let's say a second. Um, yeah. Then I use the fire torch sometimes, or I guess it's called fire flame blade or something. I don't know. Because that was pretty good. Because if you're really up close to a boss, you could just like annihilate some of them really quick, but you have to get hit in the process. But sometimes I'd say, fuck it. I'd rather just enter this boss with this like flame blade thing and then if he dies before i die then i don't have to deal with any nonsense anymore let's go forward <laughs> yeah i mean for the most part the levels are basically just warm-ups to the bosses anyway and a chance to replenish health well so, it's just a boss rush game you know it's all yeah, it is essentially um i think the most useful thing for me to learn how to use was to use that dash move because obviously as you're doing it you're invincible until the stop and the start phase of it. Yeah. And that was kind of the turning point for me when I finally realized, oh, I'm trying to play this like Contra or kind of, um, I don't know, Ikari Warriors where I'm just trying to move out the way on my own or jump out the way. But it really Uh wants you to use that dash move and it really wants you to flip up onto the ceiling. To me, it was that I didn't even know about that block move and I got all the way to level 20 before i learned anything about the block so for me i don't know i guess i was pretty surprised i got as far as i did took me like an hour and a half to get to 20 levels without knowing that block move because like i told you once you learn that block move anytime most projectiles turn into hell so i was like oh thank god i can actually get out of certain situations instead of always having to dash constantly i mean i think the turning point for me using that was on the third or fourth form i think it's the fourth form of the morphing monster when it turns into the cat Uh uh-huh because i had to basically keep blocking its projectile to get health back and then doing the dash move through its tail to deal a shit ton of damage uh i don't think i had issues with the cat it was the underwater one that one was a bitch i just found i think i had to kind of cheese that one i kind of just got the anything that had rapid fire or heavy damage and I just hid in the bottom right corner of the screen and Mm -hmm. then when it kind of went past and flailed its maces around when it was about to drag over me I just dashed into the corner to avoid it and then just kept doing that the bombs didn't hit you when you were doing that no it was like a sweet spot like the only thing that would hit me is there's like 
um, like a couple of seconds where the boss drags its mace past you and as long as you just dodge to the right of that you can just avoid everything and the bombs won't touch you oh, okay i didn't know so i basically was swimming that was the only one that was difficult the rest i had no issue on like i could i think because i didn't know about that block technique until way later I was pretty expertized using that dash, so the cat for me is easy. Like dash, dash, like dash, shoot, dash, shoot, dash, shoot, and I kind of knew exactly where it was gonna jump backwards or jump forwards. Yeah. So I pretty much could just do it quick, and I didn't get hit. Yeah, pretty much I didn't get hit at all by the boss until the underwater part, because that was a pain in the ass to try and get around yeah. and shoot it, and then finally I was able to finish it off quick. I was like, thank God. I think the, the hardest the hardest one was the lobster. Fuck that guy. I don't think I had much trouble with that. The ones that really annoyed me were the floating robot over the kind of pit um, and the eagle one until I found that you can kind of just stand a little to the bit right of him and you can just dodge everything and just fire straight up. Yeah. And then the only annoying one was kind of like the final boss when he does that thing where he just throws you into the air and it's just wasting the time away, fires lasers up at you. Yeah. Well, you know, the trick is you have to use the block button when he has that little circular thing. Oh, when he fires the little orb out. Yeah, if you time it correctly, hit him, it shakes away like, I think it's like a third of it. Not a third. So like maybe a fifth or a fourth of his health. So I don't know if... I was doing it wrong or not, but no weapons that I used would hurt him. And I didn't know, I didn't try to block the fireballs. That might have been where I was going wrong. But the only way I could find to damage him was to deplete one of my guns and then use the depleted attack. And that would just kind of continuously chip away at him. If you attack him with the block, that's what hurts him. Uh, See, I didn't think to do that i just drained one of my guns and that just kept dealing damage to him yeah so when you hit him with the block it takes out more damage than a depleted gun and then also if you time it correctly and hit that fireball that circles around from him like i said it takes away about a fifth or a fourth of his health so for me he was pretty easy i could figure that out so yeah overall yeah game was good i mean i liked it but yeah i don't know that lobster boss pissed me the fuck off, I'll say that. For me, it was kind of like, um, I mean, I read a couple of reviews online and people who'd played it as well, and I think one thing hit home to my experience was that until you figured out the way the game is supposed to be played, even the first boss was a pain in the ass because I didn't want to dash, I didn't want to mix up my weapons, I just wanted to try and jump, avoid his projectiles, I didn't want to touch the dash button, and it's... Not until you kind of start learning the controls and things click for you that it becomes this satisfying experience of like dodging through at the last second and switching guns and finding the bosses, not finding because it shows you, but getting around to the boss's weak point and just taking chunks of their health off. Until that point comes, it was one of the most infuriating games I'd ever played. I guess to me it wasn't, I, I don't know, maybe because I had a lot of experience growing up playing arcades and wasting money on arcades and just learning how to get good at it so I don't have to keep spending money. To me, it wasn't like, I guess, naturally, I was able to kind of pick up the game and play it decently well because I didn't even die until, I don't know, like level 16 or 17. It took me a long time to finally die. I could just keep going. Um, so 
pretty much, yeah, I, I guess the benefit of the game for me is I could kind of figure out the patterns pretty quickly. And then when they, when they give you like the, sorry, what is it? When you choose all the HUD options and then it goes like, has the controls in the background so you can kind of fuck around. I kind of dicked around there. So immediately I got used to the dash. And when I got out in the stage, I realized like, oh, the dash lets me get around people. Cool. I'm just going to abuse the fuck out of this, <laughs> the fuck out of this thing. So I guess it became kind of easy once I just figure out how to abuse it. And I just did the hat. And then I abused that with homing. And then with the laser. That's pretty much was my bread and butter the whole game. Yeah. I mean, full disclosure, I'm absolutely terrible at side-scrolling shooters with the exception of like Metal Slug 2 uh, and a few others. But side-scrolling shooters have never been like something that I want to keep going back and playing like. When I was a kid, my friend really liked R-Type on the Super NES. Yeah. I, I just didn't get it. I, I I honestly just didn't see the appeal. R-Type is too slow. I liked Gradius. Gradius was the shit. I think Gradius is, like, one of the best <laughs> side-scrollers I mean, for space. I have nothing but respect for the people who can play Ikaruka and things like that, but it's just never something I'm going to be able to do. Yeah. I don't know. I guess for me, like, growing up, you know, top-down shmups or, you know, side shmups or I guess left to right, however you want to call it, all those shmups were pretty much my bread and butter. I loved all of those games. So in that sense, I liked this game. I thought it was well-crafted. I do think that uh, it would be nice if I could play a more stable version of the game. I didn't like the fact that the game would lag out at times. Or, like, oh, when I'm yeah. trying to, like, switch weapons, there would be this, like, half a second, like, delay. I'm like, oh, my God, middle of fucking fight. Can you not, like, have the sprite disappear or not register this? And I'd be like, everything is working correctly. I know that. There's no issue with the hardware I'm using. So I know it's the game. Or I guess uh, you could say the, yeah. the emulator, whatever. That well, was fucking infuriating. I think, yeah, it's... I think it's a problem that most consoles of that generation had is that they didn't factor in the fact that they give you kind of a screen clearing move and when the boss is shooting or there's a lot of enemies jumping around and they're all exploding it likes the fuck out of it i mean it's the same i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i think it was the same with a lot of the neo geo cabinets when things start getting heavy with metal slug uh yeah they could uh some of the newer machines they could get a lot better when it came to those slowdown things. But sometimes it could still happen. Because, yeah, you know, it I depends mean, on the hardware plus the engine of the actual game. Sorry, go on. No, I mean, I was just going to say, like, um, uh, in England, arcades obviously weren't as big as they were in Japan. And uh, America outside of, like, London or Manchester or, like, real big cities. So, for me, the extent of my experience with those was, like, bowling out of these... Uh, bowling alleys sorry cinemas and the occasional like standalone neo geo machine that would be plopped in like a laser tag or a sports center or something so i always felt like i got like the cast-offs and things like that because they just weren't that popular in england it was more the computing scene in england and we didn't really get that much of an arcade scene yeah i mean i can understand that growing up there was quite a few you know arcades around that we could go to plus also you know la was pretty famous for certain arcades because you know a lot of professionals would go there and play so i what is it the one i used to go to was called sherman oaks castle i don't know if there's anyone 
who listens who's from like you know la or southern california but that place is really big but the really famous one that i used to go and hang out at with some of my friends which was like late high school early college was uh family fun arcade or ffa that place was famous man like tons of like famous 2d fighters you know for like street fighter like out like for example street fighter 3 street fighter alpha capcom versus snk a lot of like professional players who lived around la used to play there it's like one of the famous spots also professional like ddr players and stuff they always had the most up-to-date machines they had stuff that was imported from japan so that's why i used to go there i used to be able to play kind of the most recent arcades you could get that were oftentimes in japanese like they had guilty gear i remember before anyone else did and that wasn't japanese wow so i, mean, yeah, I was lucky in that sense that's one of the things i've always been really jealous of because i didn't actually see a proper like uh the word arcade in england um would often refer to like kind of a peer side amusement center where they'd have uh do you have them in america where like you've got these little you've probably seen them here in japan like the penny pushes like the metal pushes where yeah you, like put money in they bounce around and you try and get a prize out of them yeah, I mean, there was an old word for it. It's like, they used to call them penny arcades, but I mean, people also just yeah. call them the arcade on the pier, just like the arcades. We got them as well at the pier. But they also have, you know, also other general, I guess, game-centric games, they say in Japan. I mean, we had that shit basically everywhere, and then it wasn't, uh, like, sometimes you get, like, traveling carnivals would have, like, a proper arcade, like, fold-out area. And uh, it wasn't until I went to London with some friends that I actually found some proper arcades that had like the huge third strike cabinets and like guilty gear and stuff in there but obviously by that point the scene had started to die down a lot and it was just hardcore dedicated people kind of down there running drills and stuff so it wasn't like i could go down and get a game with someone because i was only there for a couple of days and it was nice to see it and i'm glad i got to finally experience it but I can imagine it was like nothing compared to what you would have experienced or even what that place would have experienced back in the day. Just out of curiosity, I know it's a little bit off topic, but when you were going to university, did your university have any arcade machines or no? Um, no, we didn't have any, but the closest thing we had was the bar kind of had those kind of display type thing. You know, like... Uh, what's a bar cabinet? No, like, uh, do you remember when the Dreamcast first came out and they were propping, it was like in a big plastic container with controllers in front and you'd sometimes see them in the arcades? Oh, like those, like, like a demo machine? Like, yeah, know, like, like a demo booth. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We had like two or three of those placed around. It's not bad. But we didn't actually have like any arcade machines or anything, so no, unfortunately, and, uh... I think we we had a again like cinema and a bowling alley that had a couple of machines but no there was nothing on campus okay my my college or i guess university whatever we had two areas well one place got they closed down it was like a little small arcade that was in front of the bookstore i think it was called like galaxy alley or something i don't know it was pretty much this alcove that had like 15 machines in it it was dark as like shit the machines were not well maintained, but I mean, you could play tons of stuff. Then they closed down, and then I realized that there was a kind of a, a game center where you know they had billiards or pool, uh, foosball, I don't yeah, know, yeah. So, some other crap. But they had a bunch of machines in there, 
we actually had what was it we had time crisis we had house of the dead three we had street fighter three we had uh king of fighters we had guilty gear there like they had legit machines it was pretty cool that was like the first place i connected with people at school since it was just like all the gamers hung out there and they had like this really big ass sofa and people just like chill out and talk or you can play games and first people but um UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles, man, that place was legit. They had like one of the biggest arcade centers I've ever seen, especially on the college campus. They had a room filled with like 40 machines. Jesus. I mean, I I think about 40 machines. I mean, UCLA is a huge school. I mean, oh my God, dude. I used to hang out there when I was in like high school as well. Anyways. Anyways, back to the game. I just wanted to say one thing about the game because we're talking about arcades. It's, it is related. Uh, the game had some pretty impressive sprite work. Yeah, pretty damn were. impressive sprite work, especially for such an old console because it was like at the end, like the ass end of like the Sega generation or the Genesis or Mega Drive generation. But damn, that sprite work was good and good colors and good music. I mean, I think at the end of the game, music kind of started to dip down a bit. But the beginning, music was good. Sprite work, great. Animation was good, too. You got to remember what they came off as well. They'd, like, just finished... uh, Well, not just finished, but their previous game was Gunstar Hero. Yeah. Uh, And those sprites were tiny compared to these. Yeah, they were. These were like screen, like half a screen for the main character almost. Yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Neo Geo. I mean, the bosses heavily reminded me of Castlevania because they used that uh, kind of like the multi-part kind of system yeah. where they're made up of like different sprites not properly joined together. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of like Super Castlevania or you know Symphony of the, uh, Symphony of the Night. Yeah, so they were able to like pack in. A shit ton of detail because as you said this was like 95 i mean when yeah. did the playstation come out 96 or 97 or was it 95 i don't i thought it was 94 but could be like uh, i said it came out the very end of like the genesis's uh uh what is it life yeah you're right 94 yeah I mean, uh europe got it in 95 that's why i said 95 oh, okay so yeah they were already like starting to roll out or had rolled out worldwide almost the Sony PlayStation and so, the Saturn. Yeah. I think the Saturn was out or is coming out soon. Whatever. So I th- I think there was like some I can't remember so I won't try bringing them up here but I think the SNES had some stuff like that as well where they released games at like the ass crack end of it. I know Star Fox 2 was kind of like that and then they Star Fox never it. got released. Yeah, it yeah. never got released until the mini SNES. Because they wanted Lilac Wars to be the next mainstream title. Yeah. Well, you know, Star Fox 64 was the fucking shit, so I'm cool with yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the sprites were real impressive, and I think it was like the third or fourth boss. They're pretty fucking grotesque as well. Oh, what's his name? Like Sniper or something? He has that like weird penis thing in front, and he has like... A melted yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. I was getting some serious, like, fucking... H.R. Geiger? H.R. Geiger, like, David Lynchian, kind of... Uh, David Cronenberg, sorry. Like, body horror vibes from that. Yeah. It was, like, a pretty big tonal shift from fighting kind of generic, robotic, anthropomorphic-type things to, 
oh look, here's this like fucking amorphous pile of flesh with a huge phallus coming out of it. My issue with that was like, well, I thought that was kind of cool. It didn't stay with it. It just felt like, yo, that's really, really fucking different than everything else you're churning out. And then right afterwards, it goes back to generic boring shit. And I was like, oh, come on, man. Like yeah. the one good boss, you should have put him towards the end. He's, he was over designed. So you're like, mm, let's put him over here somewhere in the beginning. It was like what level, like probably six or seven, maybe nine. It's pretty early on. Yeah, basically. I mean, I'm trying to find, like, kind of a list of them with pictures. But it reminded me a lot of Splatterhouse as well. I don't know if you ever played that one. Of course. I played uh, the originals, and I played the uh, reboot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with fucking um, the guy who speaks for Pete as the mask from Goofy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually enjoyed the reboot. I, I thought it was pretty fun. I was shocked yeah. there was nudity. That was probably the most, like, shocking thing. I was like, oh, my God, there's nudity in this game. I think it was the first time I saw nudity in a video game. <laughs> Bubes. Because, yeah, I think so. No, no, wait, God of War I saw, because God of War had that, like, you know, break through the bat. Like, oh, my God, that's some PlayStation 2 nips. Oh, yeah. And then... The second what? game followed that up as well, didn't it? Like, you basically wake up in a bed with two nude ladies. Yeah, there's nudity in, I think, all the God of War games. Well, I don't know about, you know... The one that came out for PlayStation 4. But, at least for the other ones, there was nudity. I think PSP didn't have nudity. The screen's too small. You can't appreciate that one, <laughs> two-pixel-like nipple. It's not fun. It's going to look like a little skeeter bite. Um, anyways. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm looking through the bosses, and, like, yeah. The rest of them are kind of just, like, either robots or kind of robots with little bits of flesh underneath. Yeah. Because I thought they were going to do more with, like, the people. Because there's, like, two or three humanoid enemies who transform. So I'd have thought they would have, like, worked in some gross shit with that. But no, nah. they just didn't bother. Yeah, well, I mean, the guy was didn't have enough time to do it. So I guess he did the best that he could. So good on him for challenging himself. But, dude, come on. That story was fucking horrendous. Yeah, I... I, I mean, I'm, do not know why you, why they needed that because it's a side-scrolling shooter. I mean, what was Doom's story originally? Doom. Like they killed a rabbit or something. And that was at the end of the game that they killed the rabbit. That's why in Doom Two he's supposed to be even more pissed off. I thought. Yeah, it's like because in the original Doom he was just like a a generic you know security guard, and then like all the the Hellions or whatever fucking take over, and then he was like, I'm gonna survive. Yeah, basically, like, um, Doom guy fighting, yeah, he's just fighting off hell, so he was yeah. a marine or something, he's a space marine. Yeah, but I think he, he was just, like, stationed to be, like, a security guard, but he, yeah, he's a space marine, but yeah, it was the end of the first game where the kill is, like, a pet rabbit, and that's when he, like, loses his shit, because you don't fuck with his rabbit. Yeah, so it's kind of like, I don't understand why he needed this, like, over-the-top, lavish story for... I mean, you can skip it. It's yeah. a, a text scroll. Yeah, I mean, but what... you, you, you should read it, though, because, I mean, it's a great mindfuck. I mean, don't don't skip it. You have to read it and just feel like, God damn. Denying yourself if you skip it. Yeah, you need to, like, absorb that knowledge, and you will die with that knowledge and feel like, man, I didn't waste, you know, five minutes sitting through text scroll 
and then forget what the first paragraph is by the second paragraph and the third paragraph like what the hell is going on but yeah i mean um as you said the story is like it comes fucking out of nowhere but the game itself is pretty solid aside from that like uh i mean we talked about the the gameplay the visuals the music some of it i was humming i agree with you it starts out like pretty strong at the beginning and i don't know whether or not that was the tedium of the game or just me wanting to finish it making me forget the later tracks but some of them were pretty good i'm making good on that genesis sound chip yeah i mean i shot on the game quite a bit but i mean overall i did like it i did yeah. like it because i mean i played it i played through it twice actually not once i did it twice no, once was enough for me. Because the thing is that when I went online, people were saying, like, I read kind of conflicting opinions on whether you should play on hard or easy. And people were like, just play on easy because on hard, they do, like, a lot more, I guess, like, resetting. And also, it's just cheaper. So I said, fuck it, I'll play it on easy. So I did it through easy. And then I found out later when I read some other reviews and some other users online it seemed like the difference between easy and hard was minimal. So then when I played a second time on hard mode, I realized like, yeah, basically the only difference was that bosses have more health and some things take a bit more damage, but not really. Mainly bosses just have, not boss, bosses have more health. That's pretty much all the difference was. But since I already beat it on like the easy mode, which was not easy, was not much different. I just beat through the whole entire game in like an hour on hard yeah. mode. So... I mean, yeah. I feel very much like the easy mode was there to make people feel less alienated through a sense of just saying, oh, this is the easy one. You can do this. Stay away from hard. And then well, not... The settings was funny. It was just like very easy or very hard. That was it. There was yeah. no difference. So I just felt like, oh, man, you just like want to like choke my dick out here, huh? Okay. <laughs> I can do this. So, yeah. I mean, overall, I liked it. I, I enjoyed it. As a kid, I would fucking... I probably would break my controller after i finish half of the game maybe too much i don't know i feel as if if i gave this to like eight ten year old me he would have probably enjoyed it a lot more and have had the patience for it because even though i kind of said sort of like towards the start of this that side scrolling shooters were not my bread and butter and i didn't play many of them i do remember having a fair few of them on the amiga and I went back and tried to play some of them later. Like, uh, there was one, I don't know if you know, Apedia? I've heard of it. It's like where you play as a, a bee or a wasp. Okay. Now, I will go back and listen to that soundtrack every so often because it's just amazing. But the game itself, I went back and tried to play it, and I do not know how I had the patience to play that game because it is pretty slow. But there's also some severe bullshit and uh, a lack of save points going on in that. So I think as a kid, I would have persevered and I would have enjoyed it. But kind of towards the latter part of the game, like level 20 to 25, I had had enough and I just wanted it to end. Me as a kid, the game had to be pretty damn good or fun for me to persevere i oftentimes kids be like not done with this game fuck that and i would just throw it out the window essentially i'm like nah i don't i don't have time for this i think because like well there's a good reason when i was a kid growing up like we had whoops we had a uh, blockbuster video and we had 
Hollywood video came out later. Whatever. We had Blockbuster, if you know what it is. Just like a big chain rental uh, store. Everybody knows Blockbuster, man. I used to get games from that before they went. Oh, I didn't know it was international. I thought it was just like a North American uh, thing. Yeah, bruh. Well, anyways, the closest Blockbuster to me was about like a 20 or 15 minute drive. So my mom often didn't take me there. So I had to go to a local you know, place to rent a game. And that meant you only get the game for 24 hours. So if you rent that shit at 10 a.m., you need to return the next day at 10 a.m. They were real strict about that kind of shit. And it was like $3 to rent a game, which is a decent chunk of money for just one night. So because of that, you know, I essentially would have to jam through any game I would get because I would only have like Saturday to do it, Saturday to Sunday. So to me, I would quickly develop like whether it was a good game or a bad game. And if I knew I was going to have to put all of my day into this one game, it had to be an excellent game. If it wasn't, I'd just be like, whatever. I'd rather return it and just get a new game on the same day. And that's usually what I would do. Because I'm like, no, nah, this game is not worth my time. I'm not going to sit there and complete and be like, wow, that's hours wasted for $3. That's my allowance gone for a shitty game. That's why I, don't, I didn't really have patience for it. I was like, no, nah, it needs to be good. See. As I got old. Oh, go on. Oh, no, I was, finish, your, finish your side first. I would say when I got older and there were things like emulation, then I was able to develop patience because then there was save states. That was pretty good. But I didn't use save states in the beginning because I wanted to play it kind of how I would play it as a child. But the big one for me was that I had the time and I was older. So I could sit there and kind of like just sit through things and be like, okay, now I get how it works. That's why I had more patience when I was older. Younger? Yeah, fuck that, man. That's money wasted and my weekend wasted. <laughs> See, I kind of feel that that flipped for me. Uh, when I was younger, I was so enamored with video games that <clears throat> as long as it wasn't a sports game, like a football game or something, because I just had no interest, I would play some absolute fucking garbage. Like, um, I don't know if you ever played... I think it, in England it was called Hard Edge, and I think it was called Trat or Track mm -hmm. in America. Okay, I don't know um, how to go on. You kind of, it's like a diehard situation where terrorists have taken over this building, uh -huh. and you kind of play as four characters. There's a guy with a gun called Alex, uh, there's a woman with a knife, some android with tonfers, and best boy Burns Byford. And huh. it is tank controls mixed with static camera angles where it is not obvious where it's going to change. Yeah. And me and my friend used to play this game religiously every month, and we fucking loved it. We tried yeah. to have a retro games night the other year, and that was one of them. We played it for 20 minutes and shut it off because it was fucking awful. Oh, you guys, played, on, you guys played online together? No, we used to play emulation. Like, when I first came oh. to Japan, uh, me and my friend lived a couple of doors down from each other, so we used to get, like, pizza and beer, and we'd, like, play through Parasite Eve, um, various other games, like Resident Evils, and then we came back to this one, and we were just like, no, God, no, this is a waste of our fucking Friday. Let's play something good instead. I but see. When I was a kid, oh, man, geez, like, I would play absolutely anything because... I had trash brain, and I just fucking love video games, and I would play through anything you put in front of me. When I got to university, it was kind of the same situation you explained, where I'm like, I've only got the weekend to enjoy my video games. I gotta play something good. Yeah. See, I would, I would basically prefer to play a game I've already played a million times than play a shitty game. 
And that was always my stance as a kid. I'm not going to play an awful game. I'll just play one of my other games, which are fun. Or I just won't play it because waste of time. And so, I mean, even nowadays, I think I'm pretty like that as well. I think a lot more so nowadays because, you know, a lot of modern games, I guess, they're all right, but mm, I don't know. Maybe it's because there's no nostalgia in it for me. I, it takes a lot for me to be like, oh, yeah, that's good. I'm going to keep playing that. You shall play. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I think, Moving on. Uh, basically, me and the others kind of ruined that for you when Fortnite was a thing, and we tried to play that. That probably put you off playing games online with us for a long time. Actually, I'll be honest. Fortnite didn't really bother me at all. No, like Fortnite. I remember you guys didn't really care Fortnite. Fortnite didn't bother me. I think because Fortnite to me kind of played like an arcadey FPS. So I was like, that's fine by me. Anything arcadey is fun. Anything that's fast is fun. When anything is slow, how can I put it? All right, because I know we're going to switch topics to another game. And this will relate to the next topic. I'm going to make this real clear. Growing up, to me, a video game, what made a game fun is when a game was not realistic. Fun games to me were when you break reality. I don't like games ever since I was a kid that are realistic. Any game that's realistic, I never liked. If they have realistic graphics, that's cool. You want to be, you know, kind of like super serious and you want to have hardcore controls and mimic real life and have slick animation so it feels like I'm actually the character. Yeah, not interested. I used to turn that stuff off all the time. Like Prince of Persia, bane of my existence. I could not understand how anybody could enjoy that game. To be honest, which one was that? Prince of Persia. Uh, which one? I don't know. Whatever. PS2 one. No, or we're talking about old school, like... dude. Yeah, oh, old school. Okay. Yeah, because remember, we're the Bit Boys. We're going old school. So, nah. Like, I'll be honest, the more recent Prince of, per- Prince of Persia, I could play that because it's arcadey and just fuck, I didn't give a shit. But I didn't play it seriously. I just dick around with that game. My friend had it. But the original Prince of Persia, I played like what? I think it was on SNES. I played the one on SNES. I played the one on Game Boy at my friend's house. Oh my good God, I couldn't stand it. Uh, but I never really knew what that kind of game was called. I just called it the Prince of Persia game. Because I was like, this is the game that I hate. And I will never like this type of game. So yeah, for me, that's why Fortnite was cool. But say something like PUBG didn't really seem that interesting or say Arma. Because I was like, man, that stuff just looks more realistic, which is not what I want. I want something that's going to be like, yeah, fun. Just drop me in. Let me enjoy it and drop me out. That's cool. Let's keep going. Yeah. I mean, I can get on board with that. I mean, one of my favorite games of all time is Killer7. And you can't get kind of further from reality than that game. Yeah. And uh, well- But <clears throat> at the same time, um, man, what was I going to say? Uh, one of, I mean, going into, it'll lead into our next topic, but a game kind of like that. Did you ever play Flashback? No, but I know of it. I looked it up. I mean, I'm with you, kind of like Prince of Persia. I used to have it on the Amiga. It was slow. It was frustrating. It was mind-blowing. Like, the rotoscoping was great, and I remember enjoying it. But I also remember being very frustrated with it, because they tried to make it feel like a real person. And like you said, to a certain degree, after a while, it falls into that category of games for your dad, like Armor or PUBG. There's just too much dicking around in it, and I just want to get to the gameplay. I don't want to be micromanaging in the menus. 
Exactly. Well, do you know what those type of games are called? Like, I actually didn't know they were called until more recently. Simulation or something? No, they're called cinematic uh, platformers. Oh, okay. I felt like an idiot because I always, like, growing up, I was like, is that like a Prince of Persia game? I was like a bro about it, like a total chat. Like, is that like the Prince of Persia style game? Well, yo, dude, fuck that. I ain't gonna play that. Now I can no, be, I, I can be yeah, pompous. Mm, that. Is that cinematic uh, platformer? Mm, no, thank you. That sounds more like the flick I know. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyways, so going to the next topic, Blackthorn. Uh, I mean, I am about, I would say probably about halfway through at the moment. Well, since we just talked about Prince of Persia and my love of cinematic uh, platformers, can you assume what my feeling of Blackthorn is? Uh, I'm going to say that you probably hated it because there are certain things with that game that I didn't really care for and I tend to kind of like those kind of games because uh, Fade to Black, uh, not Fade to Black, sorry, Flashback was one of my favorite games on the Amiga. I absolutely loved it. I liked the cinematic feel of it. I liked the gunplay. And I went into Blackthorn thinking, oh, it's uh, probably going to be something like that. And to a certain degree it is. And one of the game's main systems really divides me. And that is the cover system. Uh-huh. Be- because I think it's a good idea. But it is slow as fuck. And it just becomes a exercise in, okay, this dude's green. He's going to fire two times, cock his gun, and I'm going to pop out and shoot him. Okay, this dude's purple. He's going to fire his gun a bunch, not cock it, and then try and step forward. So I shoot him then. Oh, this dude's a humanoid. He doesn't stop firing. I have to pop out as he pops out just after his bullets left the gun and then hit him. And that is all the game becomes is pattern memorization. And it gets real fucking boring. For me, uh, you know, first of all, you know who is the cover artist, right? No. Jim Lee, the famous uh, comic book illustrator. Yeah, I remember the name. So I saw that. I was like, damn, that's pretty impressive. Good on you, Blizzard. Uh, next point for me was like, it was pretty innovative, I thought, for the Super Nintendo. You know, you're trying to use those controls, push them as far as you possibly can. I respect that. However... Those controls were fucking obtuse as a motherfucker. Yeah. I was like, why do I have to do all these things? Um, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather be playing fucking Madden 95 or NHL 94 <laughs> than play this game. I tried to finish the first level, but I kept putting the controller down thinking, to myself, like, oh, good God, is this game killing me? I have to, like... Basically, the game plays exactly like every other cinematic platformer, like Lester the Unlikely, another wonderful fucking game, or Prince of fucking Persia, where I was like, oh, I have, to, I have to walk up to the ledge, and then I have to, like, slowly go down it? Oh, that's fun. Oh, if I fall down, I'm hurt? Oh, oh, wonderful. Yeah. So, when... I would, <laughs> I would highly recommend that you try Flashback, uh, and if you hate that one you are probably going to hate all of those games in their entirety oh no i i I hate all cinematic platformers i hate them all i thought that tread uh tread a very fine line of they were obviously like waving their art boner in your face with the rotoscoped animations and the cutscenes, but i never felt they detracted from the game 
Uh-huh. Except for when you get to Death Tower and it's a timed level. And those things and timing do not go well together. Yeah. I mean, you felt like a complete badass when you did it because I think one of the things that annoyed me about Blackthorn is if you run and jump, there's no you can't do anything after it. He keeps running or you have to stop. In Flashback, you can run, jump, and then if you hold down, he'll go into a roll, and if you hold the weapon button, he'll pull out his weapon while he's rolling, and you can go into a firing animation from that. Yeah. I mean, Abe's Odyssey was also a cinematic platformer, if I believe. Yeah, pretty much. I also, I mean, I like the art of Abe's Odyssey. I'm not a fan of the game, but I liked the, you know, aesthetic of the game, but... Mm. mm. Gameplay? No, I never. It's not. I really liked that one because I thought it did something new with it. Like to me, go on. I was just gonna say like the whole possession thing and the different abilities of the enemies, and I thought the checkpoints were quite generous. So death never really felt that irritating in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was the saving the other Mudokans that used to get on my nerves. For me, it's just the overall controls and feel of the games in general. I just can't stand it. I just don't have patience for it at all. I'm like no. a five-year-old when I comes to that kind of game. I'll play it for like five minutes like, mm, no, no bueno, no bueno. And I, and I have yeah. to just like walk away because I know I'm like, I'm not going to be able to take it. So for Blackthorn, I tried to put my earnest effort into it. I put a solid hour into it and uh, couldn't get pretty far. I just kept shooting all the prisoners you know, like backhand shooting them. Cause I was like, that's kind of cool. I can shoot backwards. Cause the game's controls are so shit that turning around is like turning around in resident evil one takes you like a full fucking second and a half. At least they so have walk on sh- in that game. Yeah. Well, I would just shoot all the prisoners. I'll be like, I talked to you. Cool. Now I'm going to shoot you in the back of the head. Cool. Moving on. I think <laughs> the thing that did, yeah, that, becomes a real problem in the second level of the game when those guys are no longer prisoners and they are not aggressive towards you. But if you accidentally shoot them, then they become a regular enemy. Okay. And the amount of fucking times I tried to push the put your gun away button and I did the shoot behind your back instead. Yeah. And then they would kill me. And the other thing was the menu system. I would have to purposely go into it highlight an empty space that the item use button became useless because I lost track of the amount of fucking times I threw a bomb because yeah. I was pushing the menu button I was pushing the item button instead of the put gun away button yep so yeah it's one of those games for me where it tried to do something and I'm sure it was real impressive for the time I can see that and I did get a little bit of enjoyment out of it but it is very much feels like they wanted to do too much with the limitations they had oh for sure they did their best for sure mm. good on them but uh yeah i mean it's for, blizzard yeah but you know like i said i'm not gonna be a douche and say oh that was, it was terrible for me it's a terrible game for me it was that's why i could play alien soldier two times in a row because that game at least i could enjoy and be like yeah you're annoying but i can have fun with you Blackthorn. Mm. No. Uh, no. The, the sentiment's very much there with you. Like, I've got to the third level, and I kind of feel if you're not going to finish it and uh, we're just going to do it as a little ending section, 
I I have no desire to go back and finish it. Yeah, it that game was not enjoyable. <laughs> no, I mean I've played some slow-paced games on the SNES. Uh, sorry, the SNES, and I really enjoyed those, like uh, Lost Vikings, Shadow Run, uh, Breath of Fire One and Two. Breath of Fire but, Two is great. That yeah, was an amazing game. On I mean, I love those games. But I just cannot get on with Blackthorn and its control schemes. After coming off, again, I'm, I'm going to keep bringing it up because to me it's like the pinnacle of those games, but flashback, coming yeah. from something that is, in my opinion, I mean, I, I may have to go back and play it again. Uh, I might be wrong. But it just felt so buttery smooth and like it had been designed with, okay, what's the most fun aspect of this game? The shooting, the combat. Let's focus everything around that and make sure everything works with the combat so it is not frustrating. Why don't you go play and Lester the Unlikely, man? Maybe you'll enjoy that game. I watched The Nerd. That was enough for me. Come on, just just 10 minutes. No, man. It's, uh, it's like I said, it's the reverse. Like, you go play that game. You're the reverse of me right now. You can go play some hot garbage and I'll go play some flashback. I've already played Lester the Unlikely before he ever reviewed it. Because, like, one of my friends was like, dude, you gotta play this game. It's fucking complete shit. And I was like, okay, that sounds like fun. And I put in 10 minutes in that game. I was like, oh, good God, I'm gonna break your game. Yeah, no. I played uh, my sure shitty games on the Amiga. Uh, such things as, like, the Adams Family game, Crash Dummies, uh... I lost track of the amount of shovelware I had because uh, not an advocate for piracy, but it was real easy to pirate those games. And my dad used to come back with like 20 new games a month. Yeah. Because it would cost like two pounds for a, a box full of CDs from the guy down the road. Well, my CDs friend had like some computer with a bunch of games on it. I don't know if it was an Amiga or a Commodore. I, I don't really know because they could... What he had, uh, he got from his uncle, and his uncle, his uncle was from uh, Iran, or Iran, whatever. Mm. And then he moved to England for a bit, I think, or somewhere else, or somewhere near the UK. And then he had this like computer, which he gave to my friend. Now I don't know if he got the computer back there. I'm just giving you this story because I just remember that he had this big ass computer. And there was a bunch of games on, like, Floppy, which I think they were also all pirated because all of them were, like, neatly typed out, but none of them had any artwork on them. So yeah. I remember we I had to pop in these Floppy disks and I had to load them up, and I used to play a bunch of games. I have no idea what system was. I've always wondered if it was the Amiga because, like, you know, you talk about Crash Test Dummies. I've played that game. I also played, like, a Batman game. Yeah. There's a few games I played, and so it could have been the Amiga that I played, but, you know, it was a pretty rare thing in America. Actually, I don't think Amiga was ever even sold in America. I could be wrong, but, you know, I did play some type of computer thing. I have to look it up. Maybe maybe it was the Amiga. Anyways, yeah, I did play some shitty games off that computer because there was, like, 200-something games I just popped in left and right. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I think I had the Amiga 800. Which yeah. is kind of like the slightly more powerful one, but I think the highest one was the 1200, the 1200. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were like 
huge because as i said like the computing scene in england was massive that was at the amiga 600 sorry is the one i think i had and the 1200 was the most powerful one i watched the what is it ahoy video all about the amiga so i learned Mm. about the dot essentially the history of it and it's pretty interesting how the video game crash didn't affect the uk at all pretty impressive because most of our shit doubled as a workplace thing yeah, so that was, was pretty cool how that worked out. Because America, ooh, we bit it pretty bad until Nintendo and Sega saved us. I so. think uh, Yahtzee from uh, Zero Punctuation said it best, where Nintendo did it in such a way that they called it an entertainment system, and then they threw the lid off and went, ha-ha, fooled you, it's a games console. And then he said something about... Uh, I can't remember what it was, like, another competitor at the time. No, it was the, um, he was likening it to the Wii, the Wii U, where it's like, ha-ha, fooled you, it's a games console, ha-ha, fooled you, it's shit. (laughs) I forget, like, the entertainment system, I forget if that was an American who did or a Japanese guy did, but I watched some documentary about Nintendo, and they were saying that because the video game crashed, like, you cannot put video game in the title of it because then no one's going to no. buy it. That's why they put entertainment systems so people will be tricked into buying it. Mm, yeah. Which is pretty clever. Good on them. Smart. Yeah, basically. I mean, they pretty much saved the whole thing, and then, obviously, Genesis came in, took share of that, and then shit the bed pretty hard. Yeah. Not until Dreamcast. Yeah. Which well, is, I would, I would huh? say Sega, the Sega Saturn was the the latter point of the Genesis and the Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn did real awful in America from what I know. I never knew a single person who owned it. And it was always the console that was hidden at, like, the local game store. Yeah. I mean, I only knew one person who had it, and I think the only two games he had on them were the most... Sega games possible that it was Virtua Fighter and Virtua Cop. The only like same with like what Sega CD. I had one friend who had a Sega CD, and I had one friend who had a 32X. And the one friend who had 32X also bought a CD when it was like at a flea market, like cheap as balls. So I remember yeah. we like stacked it all together and we're like, man, this is a beautiful monstrosity. It was gross. They should just let it die. Well, that's why, you know, the first thing we did was, you know, put on the 32X thing, put on Sonic and & Knuckles, and then we put on a Game Genie, and then we put on another game. <laughs> oh, my God. Just to admire it. Mind you, we were young at the time. It wasn't like we were trying to be meme lords. We were young meme lords. Be like, ha-ha, this is funny as fuck, as we're drinking orange soda and eating hot dogs or something like a dumbass kid, but it was pretty cool. Drinking your Fago. No, nah, we didn't have Fago, man. That shit's like Midwestern. We were drinking fucking... Oh, God, what the hell is his name? Now I'm losing it. Uh, Oh, God, not that one. Orange Slice. There you go. Orange Slice. Hey, hey, if you want to hear something even worse than that, we had a, I think it was a lemon drink. Like, as a lemon soda? Or maybe it's, not. maybe it's lemon lime, but had more of a lime taste to it. I mean, more of a lemon taste. So you have, like, seven uh, Sprite and 7-Up, which are lemon and lime sodas, and they taste, well, back then they taste similar. 7-Up kind of changed later. Anyways, let me get to the most important point. There's another competing company which made a lemon and lime soda and that soda kind of had like a kind of like a creamy or a cloudy look to it and had a far stronger lemon flavor. This soda was called Squirt. So if you're like, yo, you got any Squirt? 
Jesus fucking Christ. See, you that need that buildup. So people would come over and be like, oh man, I need some scort with my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there like, oh my God, what the fuck is this shit? Like as an adult, I think back like, dude, that was a horrible name. But fuck, it's hilarious. I think the only thing I have to rival that is when me and my mate went into the local Morrison's and we were just looking through the snack section. And you had things like wagon wheels, Jaffa cakes, uh, penguin bars. And then we kind of stopped in our tracks. And there's this chocolate-covered kind of biscuit with marshmallow in the middle. Yeah. What do you think that was called? Cream pie? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. Fucking cream pies. That's uh, delicious. Needless to say, after like a few weeks of that, you couldn't find them anymore. <laughs> and then the only thing we found that was kind of nearly as good as that was there's this really weird... I don't even remember what it was called, but it was kind of some like coconut based thing uh-huh. and they'd written it in a really shitty italic font and it was supposed to say taste the 50s but it yeah. looked like it said taste the titties that's pretty good i like that <laughs> and it's like people who create these packages i assume they've been through design school and they should know about font spacing they should but you know obviously the marketing department didn't give a shit but yeah, I think we've veered off course a little bit there. Although I guess it's kind of like the shit you might have drank whilst playing these some of these good games, some of these god awful games. Yeah, come on, man! I'm, you gotta go look up Squirt so you can try that shit. Well, visually try it, obviously. I was gonna say I, I don't think it exists anymore. Maybe you can buy it. Uh, squirt. Drink. Squirt soda. No, Squirt soda. Yeah, I better be careful what I type in. <laughs> squirt drinks just to be like something gross. Oh, no, there it is. Squirt. It's great. Oh, because it's, like, supposed to be a kid or something. Like, hey, squirt. Uh, no, it's supposed to be because, the you know, when you squeeze a lemon, it squirts out lemon juice. Ah, uh, because there's, like, one of these real old marketing pictures of, like, a little kid holding the bottle, so I assumed it might have been from that as well. Ah, uh, no. But in L.A., or I guess, I think it's, like, a West Coast-only thing, we also had Cactus Cooler. Cactus Cooler's good as shit, though. I don't like hmm. soda, but it's good. That's another one we used to drink. I guess the bottom line... Oh, carry on, sorry. uh, I was like, if there's any type of regional drink you can get from America, and Cactus Cooler is good, get get some squirt in you. Everyone likes a little bit of squirt. But yeah, I think that's kind of it. We're we're far... Yeah, look up Cactus Cooler really quick if you want. Yeah, I'm doing it now. It's got a cute little design in fucking radioactive orange color. Oh, shit. When you uh, get out of here, you should look up... Um, oh, was it Capri... No, it wasn't Capri Sun. It was like oh, Capri Sun was great. Juice. Ah, oh, Jesus, what was it called? Um, racist Juice Drink England. Sorry, listeners. Ki- We're talking Ki- about... Kiaora. Oh. Kiaora. When you get out of here, Google... I'll, I'll send it to you. The yeah, drink box for the Kia Aura drink. It just basically the old school ones straight up had blackface on it. That's pretty good. Like, I didn't think anything of it as a kid, but then like somebody was like, Oh man, do you remember Kia Aura? And I was like, I kinda do and Googled the box and it was like, Jesus fucking Christ. It's like unashamed blackface over everything. Excellent. But yeah, I'll show you that later. So where, who, the, what, uh, what country is it from? 
I, it's, oh man, uh, Kia Ora, Coca-Cola in the UK, so that's why you probably didn't see it. Okay, yeah, so that does not sound familiar at all, it's just like a regional thing. Coca-Cola, good job. Yeah, you know what, oh Jesus Christ, September is orange picking time in the West Indies, and then there's just a bunch of black, <laughs> fucking blackface. Good God. Coca-Cola, like, the fuck's wrong with you? Also, the you, UK, come on, man. You remember Disney? Like, uh, or oh, not remember, so, you know Disney, like, Songs Dumbo, of the, South? The, cro- the Crows from Dumbo. Oh, yeah, yeah, They're, They're like, on the- it as well. Like, oh, that God. kind of version of Crow is on it. I, I'm just, like, as soon as we wrap up with this, I'm going to send it to you. It's ridiculous. It's like, what do they sing? Like, zippity-doo-dah, zippity-doo-day? Uh, I, I don't remember the adverts. I just remember the packaging. Oh, I, I just mean, like, in the in the movie, I think they sing that song. Oh, no, they, yeah... Zippity doo dah, zippity day, yeah. Yeah. Those songs of the South or whatever. All right, we should probably end this. We're we are totally veering off course here into like funny ads of doing racist things because people are shitty. Yep. Sorry, people. So it's uh, for me, it's kind of alien soldier, good but frustrating. Black Fawn, Mister Mark, Blake, you. Alien soldier's great. Loved it. I would definitely play it here and there in the future uh blackthorn can go rotten hell it's a shitty game okay so uh thank you very <laughs> much for joining us everyone um peace out blake's, blake's probably going to choose the next one uh we'll let you know about that but uh also why i'm playing these games sometimes i do stream them over on my twitch channel why i'm How cute so i'm going to do a little plug so you can check that out at uh oh we got twitter seven oh twitch. sorry oh yep we got twitter now so and i got an email email we got a a gmail so we'll start posting more about that so thank you for joining us everyone and uh we'll see you next time see you later everybody bye-bye bye-bye